I'm delighted to welcome you to this special episode of The Oval Office. I'm Sean McMahon and with me today is the Director of Rugby with Litchfield Ladies Rugby Football Club, Becky Williams. Becky, thank you very much for joining us today. No, thank you for the invite. No problem. Now, Becky, um, before we get into the discussion of the upcoming Rugby World Cup and obviously the new Super Rugby competition, which, which you are, if you are implementing um, in September, can you provide us maybe just a bit of history um, and background on Litchfield Ladies? Yes, so Litchfield Ladies was formed 25 years ago. We've just had our anniversary. During those times, we've made it up to the top elite league, which was the Women's Premiership. We've been fortunate to spend 15 years in that league, and we're what's called a full house. A full house club is a club that has under-13s, under-15s, under-18s girls, and then two senior teams. Um, the end of last season, we were fortunate enough to get both of our teams into the top 12. So we finished second in the Premiership through the, 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 the season league. And our green team, as we call them, finished second in the championship, also making them second in the um, tier two rugby, which is two clubs across the uh, two leagues in the country, north and south. Um, so we had our most successful season ever and uh, was certainly a, a great way of finishing last year and also going into our 25th anniversary. Yeah. And Becky, I guess like with Litchfield as well, you've provided your club has provided plenty of talent over the last number of years. You know, you've had ladies who've gone on to represent um, England in the Six Nations, including the Seven Squad in the World Cup and the Olympics as well. We've been incredibly blessed to have had a lot of phenomenal talent join us at a young age. So what I mean when I say they've joined us at a young age is that they've come completely through our player pathway, from some of them from under sevens at the club, all the way through that have then been honoured with international um, playing performances, World Cups, um, Olympics. So what we pride ourselves on as a club is being an outstanding community club, ensuring that every player can be the best that they possibly can be, irrelevant as if that is the next international Emily Scarrett, Sarah Hunter, or whether that's your next tier two steady Eddie player that's always there that you can rely on week on, week out. Why do we do that? We do that because that's what gives you strength and depth through the club. The season's a little bit challenging with Autumn International. We've played a number of games without our, our top flight players, but that's okay because we've got great strength and depth to bring players up through that can fill the slots and we can still win and we can still do well and we can still have our most successful season ever because of that. And Becky, it's clear, to, it's clear just from speaking to you that the philosophy within the club is of a very high standard. You know, it's all about encouraging the players to reach the, essentially their highest potential that they, can, that they can get to, which is fantastic. Now, it's been well documented that um, the RFU are setting up a new um, competition for women's rugby, which is, uh, dubbed the, which is going to be dubbed Super Rugby, and that begins in uh, September. Essentially, this is going to be a 10-team league to kind of take over from the eight-team division, which is what has been currently in place for the last number of years. Now, to quote Nigel Melville, the RFU Director of Professional Rugby, this new league aims to drive standards in the game both domestically and at an elite level and, and continue to encourage more women and girls to play the sport. Now, of course, Litchfield have been omitted from this new, um, this new league, essentially. 
Becky, can you provide us maybe with a bit of background into when you first found out about the RFU's decision to implement this new structure and subsequently your the decision which was made to omit Litchfield ladies from the new division? Um, so firstly, I apologise. This is still a very, very touchy subject with me. Um, I am still very emotional over it. I think everyone is at Litchfield when we've put for myself 20 years of, of hard work into making Litchfield the best club it can possibly be. Um, we found out in February. I got a phone call to say that we are an outstanding community club, but sadly we weren't good enough to be in Women's Super League, WP15 as we now refer to it. Um, consequently, because of that, we did go through an appeal process um, for which the RFU had to admit that we met the minimum criteria. So we met everything that they wanted, but sadly, because of the scoring system, basically turned around and said there was someone better in our geographical area that was going to, in effect, get our slot. They did also have to admit that there was clubs that didn't get as high a grade as us, but due to their geographical position, they were selected ahead of us. No, we're not happy. No, we don't think they've made the right decision. However, that's happened. Sadly, I can't change that now. The RFU have made their decision. The new WP15 is fantastic. It's a huge step forward for the development of women's rugby. And long term, it's going to be hugely beneficial to the ever-evolving and ever-growing um, participation in the sport. I personally wouldn't have spent, along with the rest of our exec at Litchfield, weeks, months, putting time and effort into creating and making sure everything was in place to hopefully, which we weren't, of course, lucky with, getting the opportunity to participate in this. Um, yes, it's a sort of checked. No, we're not happy. You know, as a club, just to, to quantify, so we ran with 42 what we would classify elite. So although as a club we had close on sort of 87 athletes, we had a number of those that participated in the community game outside of Litchfield as part of our community programme to enhance and develop the standard and quality that all of the clubs around us participated at. Because all I want to do is ensure that every club around us grows and gets better and works their way up the tiers, the standards of rugby that's available to them. Why do I want that? I want that because, rightly or wrongly, they enhance the standard, the players get better and better, they, they attract athletes to their club, which in turn means that, rightly or wrongly, Litchfield could take the cream of the crop. Okay. Sadly, that's not what the RFU wanted going forward. And Becky, would, it be, would you agree with a statement that, your, that Litchfield's omission from this um, new Super League tournament, that's going to inhibit your ability or the rest of the management and the coaches and everyone involved with Litchfield is going to inhibit their ability to get the ladies to reach their full potential because they're not going to be playing at the higher standard that they're capable of playing against. So one of the, we actually had a meeting with the RFU on Monday night. I pointed out to them is on the players needed and the standard that they will be playing at. So just to quantify that, and I apologise, I'm just going to go into some detail here. Okay. Eight teams in the Women's Premiership last season. You work on an average of 30 players each. 
Yeah. Yep. So that's now gone to 10 teams of about 30 players. So you're looking at 300 players. That's already an increase of 60 players. Yeah. Yep. That's at women's Super League, the top level. Now, in addition to every team having a Super League team, they've also got an A team. So that's an additional 300 players. Yeah. Now, not only have they now created those 10 teams, of which none of these clubs have ever had before, and those that have had a second team have been a long way off the standard required, you've still got the women's championship. So that's 16 teams, 8 and 8 in the leagues, that were there before, that are going to be there now, but have suddenly got an extra two, that, so an extra 10 teams in there. So your tier two rugby has gone from 16 teams to 26 teams, meaning there's an additional 300 players added into that tier. Not only that, you've also got out of that an additional 60 players that have stepped up. Not only that, you've got those that are going to be playing sevens contracts and not being able to play. Now, rightly or wrongly, that's a one-for-one. Happen this season, it'll happen next season. That's fantastic. They're out of that numbers, out of those numbers. So you're looking at an extra 360 players into your Tier 1 and Tier 2 rugby. Now, my honest answer is, where have they come from? And what standard will that mean that Women's Super League, WP15s, and the championship level will be at next season. That's something the RFU have not considered, and rightly or wrongly, are not looking at next year because the priority has to be getting the, the Women's Premier 15 sorted. Yeah, so Becky, like, I suppose, like, you know, the kind of sound bites we've been getting from uh, Nigel Melville and everyone else involved with the RFU is that, like, you know, they are increasing the level of investment in the women's game, um, which is great, you know, because I think, you know, I think the RFU have to be commended in, in a way because they are leading the way in women's rugby uh, out of all the other um, nations and the, all, all the other different unions in the world in terms of the level of investment that's going in. But just kind of going towards the, the kind of, you know, obviously it's been in the news a lot over the last week is the issue around the contracts for the, the elite women's players. Do you think the... What's your opinion on on their um, strategy, essentially, by offering contracts in this kind of cyclical cycle, whereby, you know, at the moment we're in a 15s program with the World Cup that's coming up. So you have a certain amount of players who are on a mixture of part-time and full-time contracts. But then because the shift goes to sevens over the next few years due to the Commonwealth Games, obviously you don't need a, a, as big of a squad for sevens rugby. So those... Um, the level, the number of contracts which are going to be handed out are going to decrease. Do you think that's the most, uh, I suppose, smart strategy that the RFU are to implement in terms of promoting the game in an overall context? Okay, I just want to point out a couple of things on this. Firstly, I know it's only just broken the press now, but this has been common knowledge for some time. The girls all knew what was going to happen. I'm not saying that that is right or wrong, but I'm saying that we need to leave, leave them to concentrate on winning the World Cup. And this noise, for the players' sake, is not healthy for them. Now, that's my honest opinion. Now, for an RFU perspective, I kind of can justify 
this four-year cycle that they're talking about. Sadly, I don't agree with what they've done, and I do not feel it is the right decision. From a player's perspective, from a player's perspective, they're going to have come out of the World Cup, go back into work. Now, credit to the RFU, they are trying to ensure that all of the girls have got opportunities within rugby to work, but that's not what all of them do. Okay. For them to go back into work September, to drop out for the Autumn Internationals, to go back to work, to then drop out for Six Nations, you're asking an awful lot of them. I think it could have been managed differently. Okay, and like you said, we've established that the that the girls kind of knew about the situation with the contracts yeah. for some time now. But some of the report, the I think it was, I believe it was the rugby paper who originally uh, reported on this whole issue, and it kind of it, the whole thing kind of snowballed from there. But within that report, there was a quote from an inside source stating that it is affecting morale in the camp. Do you believe that's something that's kind of just brought out of thin air, or do you think that's actually the case? Personally, it wouldn't be fair of me to pass comment on how the girls feel. I can tell you what I think. I think that the press and publicity, how it's suddenly blown up over the last two two weeks, is having an impact on the players. However, these girls are absolutely outstanding in how they deal with these kind of things. And I know that they'll be working very hard to ensure that everything that they're doing is concentrating on winning the World Cup. It has to be. This is what they've trained so hard for. So, Becky, just to go back to Litchfield Rugby Club now at the moment, um, it seems like from reports coming out about the new Super Rugby competition that it's going to be closed uh, for new applicants and new entries for the next uh, two years, I believe. But you can correct me on that. Three. If that's not the, or three years, yeah. So, does that, what does that mean for your club at the moment? Like, because... Is, it, is there a case at the moment whereby some of your players in, in, in the ladies' squad, do they want to play at the highest level? And does that mean that they're going to be looking to join um, other clubs in the area who, like you mentioned, there's one club in the same geographical region that is going to be competing in the Super Rugby uh, competition? Is, is that something that you're worried about? So we've been working closely with players on an individual basis over the last couple of months to ensure that choosing universities, looking at new post-university going into work. They're looking at the right locations for the right clubs that suit who they are, um, knowing that they have to leave Litchfield. We are in a challenging situation in that we have created, supported, facilitated the journey of so many elite standard players, as we would classify them, Rightly or wrongly, a lot of them were saying they have to go. They don't want to go. We've got girls that have been at Litchfield for 17, 18 years. They've never played for anyone else. And we've had to have the hard decision with them because it's a right thing to do, not because we want to, but because it's a right thing to do for them and their aspirations and opportunities to make England that they have to leave us. So I'm lucky that because of the years I've been in the job, there's a number of the, pl- the clubs that I've got fantastic relationships with so that we can talk to and ensure that that transition is as smooth and as comfortable as possible for players that have to leave Litchfield. So what does that mean for Litchfield? Well, Operation Phoenix is already underway. Um, we've had to look at what our unique selling point is. 
to attract the next generation of elite athletes that we will create and and ensure have every opportunity to be the best player they can be, to play at the top level that they can play at. We've got to rebuild. We've got to start again and, and go for it. Uh, the girls aren't happy. A lot of them don't want to leave, but if they want to pull on an England jersey, and a lot of them are under 20s, development sevens, pulled on the England Asia or, or England Select shirt against Spain at weekend, we have to tell them that they need to move on. That, that's, it, it's, it's, that's it's as simple though, as that. It? Life isn't fair, and trust me, I'm not happy about it. But it's the right thing to do for the players. This is where it's it's bigger than just a decision that was made against Litchfield. This is players' careers and aspirations that we have to ensure that they do whatever they can to get there. Litchfield, like I say, Operation Phoenix. If you want to play rugby, if you want a great club to teach you the skills of the trade, come to Litchfield. If you're a footballer, a hockey player, netball, a rower, then come to Litchfield and we'll, we'll promise you we'll make you the best player that you can possibly be. That's a promise that we can make to players going forward. Those that choose to stay with us, absolutely amazing. We're very, very fortunate that we've got some very loyal, great players that acknowledge that England isn't going to be somewhere that they want to be. And that's therefore they're staying with us. We're looking. Because we had such a fantastic pool of players, we'll be okay. We won't be great. We've got to rebuild. There's no disputing that. You can't take away a large amount of our squad and, you know, not think about how you're going to rebuild. We have to put that effort in. A lot of time has gone into thinking what our unique selling point is, how we can attract. Because as I mentioned earlier, you've got 360 additional athletes in this league in this, at this level. We need to ensure that we attract those to Litchfield. We need to make sure that we facilitate the creation of those players at this level. And that's just what we've got to concentrate on. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But we'll do what we've always done. We'll just crack on and get the job done. And Becky, we don't you, know any different. And are you confident that Litchfield can get entry into uh, the, the new the Super Rugby competition once application opens again in three years' time? Like, what 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 exactly were the reasons that the RFU gave Litchfield that you weren't allowed entry? You know, there's a quote here that the focus the focus of um, basically the candidacy and the standards included coaching, training, sports science, medical support, training and player and environment, player pools and financial means. Unfortunately, not all clubs interviewed met the required criteria. That was a statement from the RFU. Now, does this apply to Litchfield in terms of those elements that I mentioned? Through the appeal process, the RFU had to admit that Litchfield ladies, Litchfield RUFC, met the minimum requirements in full. So that's a clear statement. Yeah. Sadly, on geographical location, they felt that another team was more better situated and supposedly, and I will say supposedly, high, graded higher than Litchfield on a hypothetical proposal that they had submitted. Now, rightly or wrongly, the proof is now in the pudding. The league starts in eight weeks, seven weeks, and it's up to these clubs to show us what they can do. 
you know, um, and we're going to sit back and watch, and that's all we can do. Um, so, from our perspective, just to clarify, we met the minimum operating standards in full. We offered the RFU everything that they wanted. We had everything in place already at the start, at the end of the season, expected of us going forward. All our player base, all of my coaches, I've got seven coaches, full medical team, nutritionist, drug awareness, S&C, psychologist, all of that Litchfield still has. And we will have next year as well. And we're upping our standards on what we did last season. So even though we might be losing our best players, we're still ensuring what we offered last year is going to be better this year. That's already in place. But as a small community club that has excellent pedigree in creating some of, if not, the best rugby players in this country, they didn't deem us good enough. We, were, we are an outstanding community club, as they quoted. And apparently that isn't what they want. Becky, no doubt it's, it's obviously, it's been a really emotional time for you and everyone involved in Litchfield, but I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you for coming on the show. And I and everyone here in Pondering Out wish you all the very best for the coming season. No, thank you. Thank you. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of The Oval Office. I'm Sean McMahon, and that, of course, is Becky Williams from Litchfield Ladies Rugby Club. Please stay tuned to Ponderina over the coming weeks as we bring you all the coverage from the upcoming Women's Rugby World Cup. Mm-hmm.